You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. If you have your Bibles, that's good. Turn to Psalm 27. But in a minute, I'm going to go in a translation that you do not have. But that'll be up on the, on the PowerPoint, so you'll be able to see that. Mm-hmm. I've just kind of really been caught up with uh, just the love of the Lord. That just seems to be foundational to everything that happens in the kingdom, is, is the very love of Jesus, the love of the Father, and the love of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so I've just been, just been meditating on that. And one of the things that's a little different, you know, in, in the spirit realm than, than the physical realm, you know, if, you, if, you're, if you've got hunger and you're in the physical realm, you want to go to Ryan's Pizza Hut down in Franklin. Me, I would like to try the special pizza that Eric told me about where you take the two thin crusts and put them on top and, and then, oh, is anybody getting hungry? Yeah, put on it. But, but in the natural realm, if you have hunger, you can do something about it. You go and you eat. And what happens after you eat a double pepperoni? You're full. And I've, I've, eaten, I've eaten this week to the point that I couldn't eat anymore. Now, if that's the son of gluttony, Lord, forgive me. But, you know, a lot of times I have this terrible habit don't email me about it, okay? I, I know it. But oftentimes I don't eat breakfast. And, and as I go through the day and as the time comes for lunch, my hunger is up here. And when I order all the food, I still think I'm 20 years old and that I can consume all of that. <laughs> and, and, and I'm finding that now I can't. And so I eat and eat and eat and, I, and I'm full, but there's still more food. So what are you supposed to do when there's more food? <laughs> the old me would just keep eating because I'm part of the clean plate club. Uh, my parents were born <laughs> and, you know, had experienced the depression. So, you know, we clean every plate, especially because if you didn't clean your plate, you don't get dessert. Anybody have a rule like that? So, so we have something like that. So I really, really eat and eat and eat. But in the spirit realm, it's not like that. When you're hungry in the spirit realm, probably you just didn't wake up and you were hungry. Matter of fact, I know people that can go days, days, weeks, weeks, months, months, years, 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 and really have no spiritual hunger. I find that spiritual hunger is a gift from God. And when you get a spark of spiritual hunger, at that moment, if you're going to have your hunger increase, it's going to be determined by how you steward it. If you get hungry in the spirit realm, you eat, right? Just like in the natural. However, the difference is the more you eat in the spiritual realm, the hungrier you get. The more you eat in the spirit realm, the hungrier your, your, your appetite increases. Huh. So those times in our lives when all of a sudden 
we're, we're going about life and, and we notice that, that, our, that our hunger, our, our spiritual sensitivity, our appetite starts to wane, it, it's probably because we haven't been eaten. So I, I, sometimes I like to always come in the back door. And so if all of a sudden I realize that I'm not really hungry for God like I have been, I start eating. I know it's time to eat. It's time to eat because spiritual appetite is something that once you receive it, you've got to steward it. And so when you notice that you're not hungry, hungry, it's time to to get alone with God and figure out what's happened. When I say figure out what's happened, I don't want you to figure out what's happened. I just want you to eat. And when you eat, it doesn't matter what's happened because now you're on a new you're on a new diet plan. All you can eat. You don't have to take insulin. You can have dessert. Mm, you can eat as many carbs in the kingdom as you want. And just continue to eat and eat and eat because your appetite will increase. And that's one of the pictures, I think, that Paul's trying to expressed to us when he's talking about when we go from glory to glory, when we go from faith to faith, when we have those kind of things that we realize that in the kingdom of God, that it just continues to increase and build, and there is no end to it. There is no end to his love. So as you got Psalm 27, I'm going to read it in the NIV, just so that you can hear it in the sound legitimate version with a team of scholars. I know, Marcus, it's not King James, so relax. I know you do. I know you do. But we're going to look at Psalm 27 in in the NIV, and then we're going to look at it in the Passion Translation. Okay? Anybody have Psalm 27 memorized? Anybody? It's your favorite, favorite psalm? Okay, yeah, okay. This is a good one. If you don't remember, it'll probably jar your memory as we hear this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Every time I read that, I, I think of the song. And I, I want to start bellowing out. The Lord is my life. <laughs> Have you guys, you, you're not familiar with the song, are you? You didn't grow up in traditional church. If you grew up in traditional church, you'd know that. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advanced against me to devour my flesh... When my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. 
Do not reject me or forsake me, O God, my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me or lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, breathing out violence. I am still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord and be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Give me strength, Lord. Amen. Amen. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Well, the note tells us that this was a psalm of David before he became king. Hmm. That's why I put the shepherd David kind of up on, on, the, on the picture of, of looking. This, this was before David was king. This, is, this was the desire of this man's heart. What an incredible, incredible desire. Well, this is what it sounds like in the Passion Translation, and you'll have the words on the screen. The Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He's the source of my salvation to defend me every day. I'll never turn back and run, for Lord, you surround and protect me. When evil ones come to destroy me, they will be the ones who turn back. My heart will not be afraid. Even if an army rises to attack, I know that you are there for me, so I will not be shaken. Here's the one thing I crave from God, the one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with all delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. In his shelter in the day of trouble, that's where you'll find me, for he hides me there in his holiness. He has smuggled me into his secret place where I am safe and secure, out of reach from all my enemies. Triumphant now, I'll bring him my offerings of praise, singing and shouting with ecstatic joy. Yes, listen, and you can hear the fanfare of my shouts of praise to the Lord. God, hear my cry. Show me your grace and mercy. Send the help I need. Lord, when you said to me, seek my face, my inner being responded, I'm seeking your face with all my heart. So don't hide yourself, Lord, when I come to find you. God, my salvation, how can you reject your servant in anger? You have been my only hope. Don't forsake me now when I need you. My father and mother abandoned me. I'm like an orphan. But you took me in and made me yours. Now teach me all about your ways and tell me what to do. Make it clear for me to understand, for I am surrounded by waiting enemies. Don't let them defeat me, Lord. You can't let me fall into their clutches. They keep accusing me of things I've never done while they plot evil against me. Yet I totally trust you to rescue me one more time so that I can see once again 
how good you are while I'm still alive. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave, courageous, and never lose hope. Yes, keep waiting, for he will never disappoint you. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for your word. Mm. We thank you for the passion that's in the passion. We pray, Father, that you'd give us ears to hear what you're saying to the church. Amen. Brian Simmons is the one that wrote the Passion Translation. I want us to key in on verse 4 today. In the NIV it says, One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek Him in His temple. And then in the Passion Translation, Here's the one thing I crave from God. One thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in his glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to him that he takes pleasure in my every prayer. Hmm. As we come into relationship with Jesus, oftentimes the, the route that gets us to Jesus can be one that is really egocentric. It's all about us. Usually life has, has become unmanageable. Usually life has become so painful that we're looking, we're looking for help. We're looking for a solution. How do I get out of the pain, the agony? How do I get out of the mess that I'm in? Uh, there's many times when people hit bottom and they look up to God and they discover not the one that they think he is, someone who's ready to rub our noses in it and say, I told you so. I told you to stop sinning, you rotten thing, you. And, and, and we find that we have a loving father who's, who's been waiting all along for us to finally turn our face and turn our, 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 our gaze upon him, to turn our direction to where we connect with him. So I don't know where you are today, but for me, that's kind of how it happened. You know, I knew that I had stolen at Harry's hardware store. I took a five cent candy bar. That would probably be a dollar today. <laughs> And, and I knew that I was going to hell because I had stolen. I had broken one of the commandments, thou shalt not steal. And I knew I was in big trouble. The, the thing that I didn't realize that as that offense and other offenses built and built and built, and when I finally got to the place where there was this intersect point where God's love and mercy and grace intersected with my pain and misery, and all of a sudden I realize this is the time. This is the time to, to say, God, I surrender. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. I need help. Now, at that moment, I understood everything about the kingdom and the Bible and, and all. I, I was all-knowing. No. 
It's like you just start. You start somewhere with God. Whether, whether it's a cry in a jail cell or, or whether it's as you're in a, a meeting that somebody talked you into and you didn't really want to go, but you're there. And as a result of being there, you hear something that touches your heart. You hear the words and the love of the Father coming out through the Spirit and it, and it captures something into you, in you and, and it draws you to Him. And as that draws you into him and you begin a relationship with him, one in which you may be totally ignorant of who he is and how it works. How does a relationship with God work? Huh. David's out watching sheep. And he connects with the creator. And he starts pouring out his heart to the creator. And, and I find... Regardless of where you are today, God has brought you here because he wants you to begin a relationship with him. And wherever you are in your relationship with him, he wants you to know that there's more. There's always more in him. You'll never exhaust the expression of his love in your life. Whatever you've experienced to this point in your life, you're just begun to scratch the surface. You want to blow your mind, just think, we're going to spend all eternity in heaven and we still won't touch bottom in all eternity of experiencing his love. His mercies are new every morning. Well, we think of that as just something that happens here on the earth. I think we're going to discover that that's something that happens for all eternity. We're going to be amazed at the expressions of his love now, hopefully when we get to heaven, we won't have need for his mercies in the sense that we have need for his mercies today. Like, I messed up. Please be merciful to me, a sinner. Now, hopefully that won't be, but there's going to be the manifestation of his presence and the crescendo of his love that will continue to come to us and, and manifest among us and in us and through us. So it's going to be one incredible experience. But wherever you are today, there's more. You've just scratched the surface of whatever you're experiencing in God. So I want to encourage you, press in. Whatever appetite you have, keep eating. Keep experiencing it. If you're able to sing, it is well with my soul, and, you, and you've never had this kind of freedom and love in your soul like you're experiencing today, oh, wow and you think that's as good as it gets, oh, you've been deceived. It gets a whole lot better than what you're experiencing. Yeah. It's always going to get better and better. Wellness, it's going to get weller with your soul. We want weller. We want the wellest soul that we can have. And it's like, okay, let's, let's continue to pursue the things that will bring that level of relationship to the next level with him. So you look at the relationships in your life and most relationships are kind of difficult. Anybody here ever have trouble doing relationship? It's kind of like, how do we do relationship with this person? How do we do relationship with that person? If you have a spouse, that could be a challenge all in of itself. But when you get to the place of commitment and, and, and oneness in that spousal relationship, 
You, you start to understand that it can even be better than what you've experienced. And one of the biggest lies of the evil one is that from now on, it's just going to be downhill. You've already achieved the maximum out of the relationship with this person. And it's just going to go, it's just going to start to descend until there's nothing left. And that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. The, the evil one is constantly getting us to settle for less in our earthly relationships because he wants us to settle for less in our relationship with God. He wants us to settle for less in our relationship with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So we, we learn on earth to write people off. We learn that when they frustrate us and we can't take the time to continue to invest in that relationship because it's too painful. It's just too much. And so we learn how to dismiss them in the natural and the enemy, that's, that's a very short jump to how we then dismiss, I guess this is as close to God as I can get. You know, I've got to the place where I think he tolerates me. He really doesn't delight in me, but right now I've, I've stopped doing whatever my bad habits were. I clean myself up enough that I think he, I think he can stomach me enough Maybe, you know, I can show up on Sunday, two out of four Sundays. I, 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 I think he can stomach me that much. Or sometimes, dare we say, that's all I can stomach of God. Because we have a misunderstanding of who he is. And if the enemy can create in your, in your psyche, if he can create in your awareness that God is someone that you can only stomach for two out of four weeks or once a month or once at Christmas and Easter, you know, he, he's, he, he's doing something that is intentionally diabolically ordained by the kingdom of darkness to limit your ability to experience the wonder of his presence. Today I'm here to declare to you that there is no end to the wonder of your fellowship, relationship, and love connection with God. Amen. God the Father loves you, He created you, and He wants a relationship with you. Oh, and He's so invested in manifesting that love to you that He will defy the God of this world. He will come and intervene in our behalf. He will minister to us in areas where our, our ability to think right is, is so compromised because of all the traumas, the wounds, and how evil has touched us at such a profound level. He will transcend that and reveal and rework and reconnect. Where we get our wires crisscrossed, he will uncrisscross those wires. Where there's been <clears throat> knives that have been stabbed in our back, metaphorically speaking, he will bring in a sap from heaven to heal those areas in our heart because he wants an eternal relationship with you. And I think that's something that oftentimes we don't understand. He wants an eternal relationship with you. He, it begins now because he's Yahweh, I am. He is I am. And if you want to connect with God who calls himself I am, guess what? you got to connect with him in the present. That's where you experience God. He says, 
I am. I am present in the present. And if you want to connect with me, you've got to be present right now, connect with me, and we can have fellowship. He's not, I was, or I will be. He's I am. That's how he reveals himself to his people as he delivers them. Now I I can feel it. I can feel everybody say, hold on, revelation. I was, I am, and I will be the one. I'm the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end. He meets with us in the present, but he's never bound by time and space. He is the eternal one. But he's chosen to connect with us and meet with us in the present tense. And this has been a revelation. I've shared this. It's been a revelation to me because oftentimes when I think of of I am, it's hard to connect with I am when I'm worried about what's coming up next. Everybody that's preoccupied right now with what you're going to eat for lunch, you're missing I am. Everyone who's thinking about what I said well ago, and you're, you're saying, the preacher is so retarded, doesn't he know that, that, that God is past, present, and future? And, and you're choking over that, and you think, oh, we cut, and, and, you're, and you're dealing with the past. But if you want to connect with I am, you've got to be in the present. And that's where he meets us. That's why... The authors of scripture says, now is the time for salvation. This is the acceptable moment to come to Christ. This is the time to connect with him. It's now. Why? Because he is I am. The only way you connect to him right now is with him. And so if you want to continue and take your well to weller, you've got to realize I've got to connect with I am right now to go from well to weller. We connect with him at well, we move to weller, we go to wellest, and then we go to wellest, 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 wellest. It's infinite. Now, I just got a whole bunch of people stuck with my poor grammar. (laughs) And now they're going to be stuck on that and they won't be. Today is the day of salvation. If you don't know Jesus, this is a great day to get to know Jesus. If you know Jesus, this is a great day to get an upgrade. This is a great day to move from well to weller. This is a great day to move towards him. This is a great day to whatever has been your experience of his love, today's a good day to go to the next level and experience his love. Let's pray. Oh, you're so good, Lord. You're so wonderful. Mm. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would bring a craving inside of us that would transcend the psalmist, that we would hunger for you, that we would cry out for you, that you would be the very passion of our hearts, that we'd continue to move. We want to live in your presence every moment, Lord. We don't want there to be a moment of our life where we're not aware that you're with us and that we're with you. Lord, we want to see the beauty of your face. We want to see the amazingness of who you are. We know there's facets of of your face that is, is hard to even fathom. How beautiful, how wonderful. 
We want to be filled with awe, delighting in your presence, the glory and the splendor, your amazing grace. Lord, we want to live so close to you that there's not a moment of the day that goes by that we're not in conversation with you and we're not aware that you're speaking to us or that we're speaking to you, but that it's uninterrupted fellowship with you. So Lord, as we lay out what could be, we realize what is. And so we invite you into our present in this moment and we say, beautiful one, would you come? Would you cause us to see you as you truly are? To know you, which would cause us to to pursue you, that would increase our appetite for you, that would cause us to pursue you with a passion. So come, Lord. I pray for the one that today is, is maybe for the first time considering the reality of a relationship with you. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would go to them and draw them to you and that you would let them know (laughs) that you're not angry with them, that you love them. I pray that all the lies and the deception of the evil one would be broken and that there would be freedom to receive your love. If that's you, just invite Jesus right now to come into your heart to begin a relationship with him, knowing that his death upon the cross atoned for all of our sin. Not in part, but the whole. Hmm. And then for those of us, Lord, that have experienced that dimension of relationship with you, and wherever we are, we want to go deeper, we want to go higher, We want to be more intimately connected with you. Come, Holy One. Release the grace. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.